Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Worth More podcast. I am your host, Cami Bleese, and so excited for yet another amazing interview that I get to share with y'all. On today's episode, I am interviewing my sweet friend and blogger, Caitlin Mount. We're going to talk about how she got into blogging and a lot of the things she talks about, which is fashion and fitness, but with that fitness comes a history of eating disorders and body image struggles and really how that plays into her job and her day-to-day life and how she has learned to create a kinder relationship with herself and find peace in a space that can be so competitive. So I'm so excited for y'all to listen to this episode. I can't wait to hear what you think. So let's go ahead and jump right on in. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate it. I'm so excited you're here. So excited too. Well, I would love if you could just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got into blogging in this kind of space. My name is Caitlin Mount. I am a former elementary school teacher, and then last year during the pandemic, I decided to quit on the last day of school, Um, and my husband encouraged me to start a blog. I started with writing and just shared my testimony through my page, and then it transferred over to Instagram. And I just have been loving that and using that platform to share with women kind of my story and um, through fashion and things like that. It's kind of a hodgepodge, but um, so that's where I'm I love that. Well, I know one of the things that you and I have kind of talked about is like your past and your struggling, like your struggle with eating disorders. So where do you feel like that kind of stem from? And do you mind giving everyone like a little insight into your history there? Yeah. So honestly, it has been a not issue, like something I struggled with my whole life. In the seventh grade, I was anorexic and just, you know, growing up with magazine covers and things like that, you just felt like you had to look like the girls on the magazines. And um, so I went to that extreme and then In post-college, I was on medicine for migraines, and I lost a lot of weight and got recognition for it really quickly, and everyone was like, what are you doing to lose weight? And I was like, oh, wow, I'm getting noticed, and I didn't even know that was a – I don't know. It was very strange, and then I got off of it and started to gain weight back, and I just Mm. felt – like it was something that was tied to my identity of losing all that weight. And um, then I got into a pattern of bulimia and it, that was a roller coaster too. I hid it from my husband and um, just kept it to myself for a long, long time until I just had enough and I didn't want to live that way anymore. Yeah. Wow. I feel like that is something that I've noticed too culturally, and I think that we don't even realize how damaging or dangerous it can be to compliment someone's weight loss because we think like clearly what could be a better compliment than telling someone they look great, but you weren't trying to lose weight and it was a byproduct of this medication. And sometimes people lose weight as a byproduct of medication or an illness or stress or something in their lives. And sometimes people gain weight for those same exact things. And we have no idea kind of what's going on. And unfortunately to affirm like 
you're looking so amazing. Like, what are you doing? And then as soon as the weight starts to come back on, like nobody says anything, nobody asks any questions. Like it can't help but affect how we like find value in ourselves. Like it just is so interesting how we have been taught that this is a supernatural compliment and like there can be no harm done when really I feel like oftentimes it can be reaffirming a lot of really not great behavior or something a lot deeper that we don't even know what's going on. Exactly. And you touched on it. You don't know a lot of the times what people are going through and the reason why they could be losing weight. And it's not in our nature to compliment people on their personality. And that just really needs to be a movement in itself. Like, I love how kind you are. And that has nothing to do with outward appearance because I think just, oh man, I pray for the girls growing up with Instagram like 12, 13, 14 year olds growing up with Instagram, I can't imagine the type of pressure they feel if I felt that when I was 12, 13, 14, and I didn't have social media then. Yeah, I know we were comparing ourselves to celebrities, which already feel very like distant from us. But you still compare yourself. Whereas like now with social media, it's almost like I could be her. I that person feels so much more tangible and so much more relatable. And because of that, I think that you compare so much more deeply than we were before. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I agree. So you obviously mentioned that you struggled with both anorexia and bulimia. And then I'm assuming like you went through some sort of treatment for both of them, or how did you kind of decide to cope or deal with them? Honestly, So I deleted my Instagram, like my personal Instagram account, because I was struggling so much with comparison. And so I was really hesitant to start the blog because I just didn't want to fall back into that. And I was in a really, really good headspace. And then I just became more mindful of like, I don't really go on my explore page, or if I feel like I'm kind of falling down that slippery slope, I reach out to friends, or I tell my husband, and I just kind of have a different level or layer of accountability now. So that's been really helpful. Um, Yeah, so with bulimia, specifically, I just honestly woke up one day and was like, I don't want to keep going to the bathroom after every single meal. In doing this, I felt very guilty that I was hiding it from so many people. And I just like, it was literally the grace of God. I woke up one day and just felt awful about doing it. And I needed freedom from that bondage. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely, and I like my story with bulimia is, I don't know if anyone can relate, but I literally anytime I got food in front of me would think that I would never see that food again. So I would go back for seconds or thirds. And then I would stuff myself Mm. so much that I felt guilty about it. And then I would harm myself. And I just didn't want to deal with that anymore. And that required vulnerability in me asking my husband Tanner to say, hey, can you make sure that I don't go back for seconds and not in a he was like, well, how do I ask that? Because <laughs> that kind of sounds weird too. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a double-edged sword. Yes, exactly. But he's been so gracious and so patient. And he'll ask me like, do you feel full? And I'll say like, oh, 75%. I could eat a little bit more. And just being honest honest and transparent about that. Um, and questions like that have been really helpful too. 
That's awesome. Well, I think what it seems like you've been able to do, like when you were struggling with your bulimia the most, it seemed like you were probably more eating for external reasons and like disconnected from your body's natural, like hunger and fullness signals. And now like through those conversations with your husband and for yourself, you've been able to reconnect and be like, okay, I am pretty much full. And I think you're definitely not alone. Cause I feel like I've thought this same way too around food is that like, what if I can never eat this again? And the likelihood that you will never be able to order that burger or that sandwich or that salad or whatever it is, again, is so small, like so, so small. And I think when we realize like you don't always have to get the, the, you know, craziest meal at every single meal that you go to, because like you could go there next week and get it if you really wanted to. And instead of like eating because we fear that restriction or we fear not being able to have it again, we eat based on like what actually sounds good to us. Right. And that takes a lot of like practice. I feel like. <laughs> it does. And giving myself grace too. Like I used to, anytime I felt like I needed to unbutton my pants, mm-hmm. it was like, why did I do this to myself? Yeah. And it was just this like self-deprecating um, pattern. And now I don't know how I've just had to rewire my brain, but it's every meal being like, if you get too full, it's okay. Let's try again on the next meal. Or, I mean, I just, I want to enjoy myself. And I, like I said, I was living in bondage and I don't want to miss out on things like fries or cookies or things like that, but I don't have to eat them in excess where I'm making myself feel sick. Mentally and physically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want to get to that place where it's like, I can eat the fries and not feel guilt. I can eat the cookie and not have to have, a, you know, a lot more than my body actually needs. Like I can have one or two or whatever that number is for you. And I think that a lot of people feel like that feels so impossible because so often we're essentially told that we can't trust ourselves, that we don't know what we need. That's why you have to follow this program or this calorie count or this diet, because like you clearly don't know what you're doing. And I think because we've been fed that for so long, people are like, no, 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 there's no way that I could just eat a cookie and stop. And it's like, exactly. Yes. We're stronger than we give ourselves credit for. And we're our worst critics. And I feel like I've learned that there's room for everything. Like maybe I have a burger for dinner, but then I add some veggies to it to where I don't feel as bad. Or I don't know, I've just been making room for anything. And it does, I think in the past, and I know a lot of people struggle with this. If you have like a donut for breakfast, then you think, oh, my whole day is shot. So I'm just going to eat whatever else I want. And then the next day, it's just like uh, a restrict. So then you go on this pattern of binge restrict, binge restrict. Mm -hmm. And I fell into that trap, but it's like, no, I ate a donut for lunch. Maybe I have a sandwich or a salad or some greens or whatever. And if you don't, then it's okay. And you move on. No, I feel like that's a good balance to have and to find and to like connect with, with yourself and to realize like, that all of it, like no day is shot because of a certain meal. No meal is shot because of a certain item. Like your health and your happiness and your weight and all of those things cannot be boiled down to one meal. You know, it's overall the lifestyle that you choose to create both physically and mentally. And I think that we forget that sometimes the like stress and the fear that we have even mentally around food can do so much more damage than even like the actual food itself. 
Totally. And I've seen a lot of stuff. I think you've shared it too on your page, but a lot of people like with the good and the bad foods, Mm -hmm. just that has such a psychological effect on how we view food and just eliminating that verbiage, I think is so, so important too. Yeah, I totally agree. Now I know that like when we talk about like the good and bad of foods or whatever, something that you and I have talked about before is like orthorexia. And I know that you mentioned that that like kind of came later and you feel like that was something that you were dealing with. How do you feel like you identified that or became aware that that was something that you were doing? Because I think orthorexia is a very new and, you know, technically for people who are unaware, orthorexia is like orthorexia nervosa. And it's sort of the fixation on like the health of foods and um, wanting everything to be as healthy and as clean and as safe and as quote, quote, good as possible. And I think that it's tricky because I feel like that has become almost like the norm and how we're told eating well looks like. So like, how do you feel like you sort of identified that? And how do you balance like not fixating on just the health of food while still trying to make those healthy decisions? I will say that with blogging, I have gotten a lot of requests for what I eat in a day. Mm -hmm. And that bothers the crud out of me because what I eat in a day is going to be completely different than what someone else eats. And so that's the first thing is your body needs something completely different than mine. You can look at meal ideas for an example, but I don't think we should strive to eat the same exact thing as some celebrity or somebody we follow on Instagram. Um, But as far as like orthorexia goes, when I just feel like I've always been very, very in tune with fitness and food Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that I had such a pressure on myself to look a certain way or to, I don't know, want to, I don't know, but I just feel like I had kind of always obsessed with it and I don't know when that started. And lately it's just been like, I need to move my body for 20 to 30 minutes and it's because it makes me feel good mentally and I don't care what the effects are physically. So it's been more for my mental state, my sanity, my outlet. Um, I everyone needs to find a way to move their body. It is a gift and I want to steward it well. Like I have legs that I'm able to move. It like, if you like yoga, do yoga. If you like weight training, do weight training, but move your body every day because it's so, so important for your mental health. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I think that that's something that like we feel the pressure or a lot of people can feel the pressure of like, it has to be an hour or it has to be a class or it has to be this many calories. And like, if it's just a walk, if it's just 15 minutes, who cares? Like, is this really helping? And the baseline of what it's doing is it is like teaching you that you can do things that feel uncomfortable because most of the time you're not going to want to do it. And even if you can push through that and do it for 15 minutes, you're breaking that habit of not doing something because it felt uncomfortable. So even at that level, it's great. And then to your point, being able to just like honor our bodies and like move legs that work or get a sweat going, doing a 15 minute yoga thing, like anything that just says like, I can move, I'm going to thank, be thankful for that. Like there's not a calorie attachment, a weight attachment, 
um, I'm proving something attachment. It's just like, because I can, and because like, it's good for me. Exactly. And I think like, that's where the Apple watch has kind of done a disservice to us. And I will not like, I don't even have mine on right now, but I will not post how many calories I burned because I used to be the girl who is obsessed with like, Oh, so-and-so that I know burned 500 calories. I need to try to go burn 600 calories. And that is just like so unhealthy. And again, everyone is so different. The way you move is going to be different than the way I move. And who cares? It's just like doing your body some good to get those endorphins moving. Totally. Well, I think something, it's funny. I have mine on and I have not moved much today besides like with clients and stuff. And I think there was a time where that would be such a stressor for me. And that would like create so much anxiety and so much like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's like being able to separate like the value that I have with like those little rings. And I think that I talked to somebody and it was so interesting. Like Apple Watch does not encourage us to rest. It's always like get up and walk, which is great okay, it rewards you for having a moving streak and it rewards you for these types of days. But it's like, it is, for most people, it is not healthy, sustainable or realistic to move seven days a week, every week for however many weeks. And, you know, and then it's like, oh, you broke your streak, fail for you. And it's like, no, I took a rest day. Like that is very healthy and needed and important to do and not feel like we're failing. And that is something that has taken me years to learn. Like now I only work out Monday through Friday, 30 to 40 minutes and Saturday and Sunday I am recovering. And I see tons of Q and A's with people and they're like, well, don't you think that you need to move on Saturday and Sunday and whoever the fitness pages, they're like, no, you need to rest your body. Like we're, we're not called to just go, go, go all the time. And I think that's another thing that society like needs to break down these, you know, like we've been told this since we were little and it's so, so hard to train your brain to try something else. It is. And it feels really scary. I think that that's something like when I released dieting, when I released trying to lose weight, when I released having food rules, like when I let go of a lot of those things, it was so terrifying because like my whole life I had been essentially told and fed that like, this is what being successful and happy and healthy and a good female looks like. And to all of a sudden to say like, no, no, I don't think that aligns with like what I truly want and what I'm supposed to be doing. Then you all of a sudden almost have to like rewrite what that actually means and figure it out for yourself versus like this, sort of copycat version of what we've been told that actually isn't serving most people, right? Most people who are pursuing it are not, (laughs) not any happier than we perceive them to be. Right. And it's exhausting. Like today, your post was how you felt when you were thin and how you felt yeah, you're fat, right? Is that what the top, the title is? Yeah. It was like, you can basically, you can basically be um, thin and unhappy, unhealthy and insecure. And you can be fat and happy, healthy and insecure and vice versa. You can be thin and happy, healthy, insecure and fat and unhealthy, unhappy and insecure. Like body size does not determine those things point blank. Like that is not the end of the discussion. Totally. And I, I resonate with that big time. And I think also like I would miss out on functions with my friends because 
I knew that if I went to dinner, I was going to binge and I didn't know how to control myself. And so like you miss out on life. And to the girl who's listening, that's like, yeah, man, that's me. Or I struggle with any of the things that we've talked about. Like, I just like, so want them to have freedom from it. And it's just, it's an exhausting way to live. Yeah, it really is. And it's, I think the sad thing is, well, and I would love to know, like, you know, as you like lived that lifestyle, like, what else do you feel like would, like, what do you feel surprised you about having an eating disorder or would surprise others to feel like, or to hear? Cause I think that that's something is like, we think that, you know, maybe it's not so bad or maybe it's not so scary. Or some people are like, you know, I'm in it and it's not that big of a deal, but what were some of the things that you kind of learned or like other people could learn from your experience and how, you know, was it even hard to acknowledge that you had one in the first place? I think for a while, I mean, like I, man, I was bulimic for a year and I just, the worst part is how, like, I am very, very ashamed that I hid it from the people that I was closest to. Like I have an accountability partner and we go on walks and she struggled with an eating disorder too. And we would talk about things and I was lying to her face and I was saying one thing, but I was doing another. and. like same to my mom like I would eat we'd have Sunday dinners and then I would go upstairs and it's just I that I think would be surprising to people because especially on the outside it is not normal to get on Instagram or just Facebook or whatever and say hey I'm struggling with this like you try to have this picture perfect life and I, that's what I really want to use my page for. Like, yes, I want to be positive and spread joy, but I think it's also very important to be transparent and say, Hey, I had a bad day today with comparison um, or whatever the case may be. So I think that would be the surprising aspect of it. And then for acknowledging it, um, I think I always knew that I was doing it, but and yes, like to some extent you're, you are acknowledging it because I was doing it every single meal. Um, but again, I just like woke up one day and just like did, I was so exhausted. I didn't want to do it anymore. And I sat my husband down and I was like, Hey, I need to tell you something. I've been throwing up after every meal. And I just like wanted freedom from that. And I think a lot of it too was seeing like your, your page, I just absolutely love because it hones in on a lot of the thoughts that I've had in the past. And I'm like, but it tells you like how, not how to think, but just a different, different mindset that you can have around food. And I would look at stuff like that and be like, I want that. I want to live a life where I'm just not waking up being like, what am I going to eat today? And am I going to, end up hurting myself because I'm gonna mess up or it was just this constant cycle that I just I wanted to get out of yeah well and it's like and you were only doing you know like you said like you were only bulimic for a year and it's like I can't imagine someone who's been doing it for 10 years or whatever you know like I think there's so many people that feel so deeply trapped in it and for them like what do you feel like would possibly be 
just like the best first step that they could take? Man, first thing would be to tell someone, I think community is so, so important. And I mean, just have people that speak life and truth into you. And I think it's also hard because I was doing it because I wanted to look a certain way. And I thought that if I didn't do it, I wouldn't look that way. And then I was like, I, I don't know, I that would be my first thing as community. And then man, I don't know. It's so hard. Like what you feed yourself is ultimately like Mm -hmm. how you're going to change your perspective. And I just like wish I could tell all women, you do not have to live a life like that. It's so much more freeing when you just get to enjoy meals, you get to enjoy them with your friends. I don't know. It's just like more, it's a more fulfilling life, not to just be stuck in this state that just it's all consuming it really is yeah yeah oh it totally is and I think I'm such a big believer and proponent of like to your point kind of what you were saying like what you feed yourself and we mean not like actual food but like what you're like ingesting with your eyes and mentally and emotionally and I think that social media I know we harp on it and social media is an incredible tool that connects so many people that brings, you know, some really important topics to the surface to a group, like groups of people that might not have had access to that or openness to that. And I think that there's a lot of amazing sides to it, but I think that you have to curate that for yourself because without effort and without trying, you can end up like unintentionally curating something that feeds into your insecurities, that feeds into like your own self-doubt and your own self-worth issues. And one, I have done a lot of those Instagram kind of purges or cleanses or like fasts or whatever just to like break that habit but also say like if I look at someone's photo and even for a moment just kind of get this like oh I wish I could be like that I will typically unfollow that person for a while and maybe I'll never follow them again maybe I will has nothing to do with them beautiful you go live your life cheer you on but for where I'm at emotionally mentally whatever I'm aware that I'm unable to look at certain things unbiasedly. And as I've started to remove those triggers, there's been a lot more freedom. And now I can refollow some of those people and I'm like, cool, you look great. And I don't need to look like you or like glad you ate that. And I had something else and like, I'm, there's no shame or judgment there. But I think that you have to like be able to separate yourself from it long enough and then ingest people who challenge that narrative or challenge that lifestyle so following people of like more diverse body types more diverse ethnicities more diverse lifestyles you know not a whole bunch of just like people who look exactly like you who you want to aspire to be that's nice but I think that can keep us really trapped totally and what you feed your brain you're going to start believing so if you like you said if you need to unfollow someone and that's the most healthy thing that you can do then by golly do it because ultimately you're, I mean, I just, I think people forget that they have the power to do that. And if like watching even media or Netflix or things like that, if you're comparing yourself to girls in those shows, then maybe you pick up a book at the end of the day or just figuring out what your triggers are and finding a way Mm -hmm. to supplement it with something else or, Like I know that I've had people in the past that will 
like push food on me or talk about like, oh, well, I this, this and this today. And that was like such a trigger for me because I kind of going back to like, I would think I needed to eat like them. And I just didn't like any sort of comparison of food or anything like that. For whatever reason, that was a trigger for me. And I just had to kind of maybe not see that person as much or I'm not very confrontational. So saying that that's hard for me wasn't like it could have been an option. But for me, um, I struggle with that. (laughs) Just kind of figuring out, okay, like, I need to remove myself from the situation, maybe for a season or a period. And then I'll go back to that friend. And it's okay. Like you have to ultimately do what's best for you. And I think I know I'm not answering your question of like, how do you recognize it? But ultimately, you do have to like, recognize it in yourself. Like, hey, I'm struggling with this. These are my triggers. What can I do? Yeah. Well, I think that truly like, as simplistic as it sounds, it's the truth. It's like everyone in your life can, can notice it. Like, even though a lot of people in your life didn't, like there are a lot of people in certain people's lives who can notice it. But if you don't want to change yourself, if you have no desire, no amount of like time, money, energy, treatment will fix it until you want to fix it. And I think that that's something is like, we all have to reach, like I've reached it. You've reached it. Like we all have to reach a point where we're just kind of like, is this really it? Like, is this what I'm doing with my life? Is this where I want to spend my energy? Is this how I feel powerful and brave and attractive and smart and strong and whatever? Like, and for me, the answer was no. And for you, the answer was no. And like, only until you hit that point, will you then be able to shift and say like, okay, if not this, then what else? And I feel like we have to allow ourselves the freedom to ask like, okay, what if this is not the end? What if this is not the answer? Just what else could be? Not that it has to be, but like, what else could it be? And quite frankly, you are worth so much more than your mm-hmm. weight, your the size of the clothes you wear, like any sort of number that you put yourself into whatever box that is, man, you are so much more than that. And I fully, fully believe that. Like, also, I really have to remind myself because I'm very, very hard on my legs. Like that's just always been my thing. Mm-hmm. And I just have to remind myself that no one is looking at them. Everyone looks at like my smile or how I treat them. And that's a really, really powerful reminder to me. And I think in the blogging yeah. space, when I've worked with like boutiques and things like that, I'll unintentionally make a comment on like, oh, I would kill for your legs or whatever. And then the girl will say, well, I would kill for your arms or your abs or whatever. And other people will be like, isn't it so funny how you always want what you can't have? But that just goes to show you that everyone is struggling with something and it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. We're all made differently. And that's the coolest thing. Yeah, it really is. I know like with blogging, like so much of your job is like meant to be like in front of the camera and like taking photos and kind of curating this lifestyle. So how do you kind of balance that pressure? And how do you make sure that you sort of are able to separate yourself from like, essentially that hole that is kind of that comparison trap or that pressure to be this exact type of blogger or this type of influencer? 
man, I struggle with that on a daily basis. So it's still a work in progress, but I think just having people, like I said, speak life into me. And sometimes I have to take a step back. Like I really try not to be on social media on the weekends because I don't want to be glued to my phone. Like, yes, I consider it a job, but I want that time to be with my family. And I just, I also don't let myself go on the explore page because a lot of my stuff is like fitness and fashion. And I just don't want to allow myself to get into the comparison trap at all. So just being mindful of that. And I think also if I can start to see like, oh man, I need to do this or whatever, then I really take a step back and put my phone down and say, okay, we're none of that. Like my page needs to be for me and how I want it. And I think I kind of like went into blogging with that headspace and it's just carried me through. I think that, yeah, like with any job, but especially a job, you know, myself included yourself, like where you are putting yourself out there for people reminding yourself of like what your greater purpose is. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you showing up this way? Like, what is the point behind all of it can help, like help keep you slightly more grounded outside of just like the typical rat race that is the social media world, you know, and just be like, I'm here to make a difference in this way. I'm here to impact people in this way. And as long as I'm doing that, then who cares what my gene size is? Who cares what like, the little wiggle and jiggle looked like, like if I'm making people joyful and happy and inspired and encouraged, like that has so much more power and carries so much longer than like they liked my abs or whatever it is. Exactly. And you, I mean, we feed off of those likes and those comments and things like that, but then it's like, okay, on to the next picture. And it's, I mean, it's so fleeting. And like I said, people care so much more about your personality and like connecting with you as a human than what you're actually like putting out there yeah as far as content goes well now that you've I feel like have sort of I know we're always working and growing and stuff right but like I feel like you've definitely seemed to have found a good sort of balance and routine so how do you or what do you do to take care of yourself both physically and mentally do you have like a good routine I know you said you work out like Monday through Friday but like what does that look like for you to take care of yourself both physically and mentally now yeah so every day I wake up have my quiet time so I like look forward to that cup of coffee and my Mm -hmm. time with this and and then I move my body and those are like two non-negotiables I feel like I cannot have a successful day if I don't do those things and it may be out of order where like maybe I do it at the end of the day or I don't get to it at all but those are pretty um strict for me I love to read and like getting in a good book or listening to audiobook or just being surrounded by friends and family like I have a huge family and I love to go on walks with friends and schedule that in so I feel like my, my schedule is pretty jam packed with that stuff. And so I'm living a full, full life. I love that. What do you have like any books that you've been reading lately that you've loved or like a couple that you've enjoyed over whatever period of time? (laughs) I love psychological thrillers. So I just finished, um, I can't think of the name, but Liv Constantine. She has two books that are like amazing. And so I'm just going to go on to the next one. Um, But I I love her stuff. 
Okay, that's good to know. I haven't read a good like psychological thriller in a while. I will have to add that to my list. I also love just trying to be able to guess who did it. And then if I'm wrong, then it's even more fun because then I was like thrown off guard. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like I tend to be really pretty good at that stuff. So I do think it would be nice to be. I think I just read a book that I was like trying to predict it and I totally didn't have it. And I was like, oh, that was more fun to read. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll send, I'll send you some books later. Yes, please, please. Well, how do you, I know we've talked kind of about worth and stuff and like obviously that's so much about this podcast and my business and everything too, but like how do you find worthiness in your day-to-day life? What does that mean to you or what does that look like to you? I think like once I establish my identity at like, as a daughter of Christ and just was fully, fully rooted in what the Lord says to be true about me. I can't question like anything else. And I think that just like really, really helped me um, as before, like I was, my identity was attached to my weight. And like I've said, it's just, it's so small. It, it does not matter. And there, there's so much more to you than, your body size. Yeah. No, I love that. And I agree too. I think when you have like your worthiness and something so much bigger than yourself and deeper and like a foundation that can't be shaken, then it's so much easier to let the littler things go, you know, and to just realize also I was created like this. Like God didn't make a mistake in me. And like, if you believe in God or higher power or whatever, it's like, totally. they don't make mistakes. So like, you know, believe that you were created for a purpose to look exactly like you look with the passions that you have and the brain that you have and all of those things. Like that wasn't by accident. And we all need each uniqueness. We don't need a whole bunch of like photocopies of what we think we're supposed to be. I know that would be so boring. It really would. It really, really would. Well, I know like with blogging, there's always like so many things going on. Is there anything that you're currently working on that you're excited about or what's been some fun projects that you've been doing I've honestly been working with a lot of like local boutiques and just promoting them which that's been fun because I truly like love putting on clothes and selling them and I really try to touch like every type of girl so like sporty or elegant or um like casual I don't know I I like to just take different pieces and kind of um, fit like all the different molds or whatever but I've been doing that and then just trying to grow slowly but surely but that's been yeah. been really exciting and fun I love that well what would you give and I'm gonna give it like ask for like advice in two different ways okay I would love if you could share advice for maybe someone who's like wanting to start blogging and whatever. And then also advice for someone who maybe is like struggling with eating disorder comparison, obviously they can overlap, but I think there are probably people who like maybe want to start a blog or do that kind of thing. So what's a couple piece of advice and then maybe people who have struggled similarly to you and like any advice that you have for them there. I think for blogging, if you want to do it, then do it. I waited three years to start mine and I wish that I would have done it sooner And I think it's a very saturated market, but everyone has their own voice and everyone's unique and we want to hear from you and we welcome you. And I just think it's such a good outlet of creativity and however you want your page to look, it will be unique and there's only one you. So I just really encourage 
someone, if they're questioning it, just do it. Don't sit on it any longer. Yeah. And then for eating disorders, man, if someone is struggling and they just need someone to talk to, then I'll be your girl because I've been there and I've been ashamed and I've had so much hurt from it that I just don't, I could cry. I don't want anyone else to feel that because it is just so shameful and oh man, your life will just be so much more full if you can get past those roadblocks. And I know there's a lot of them, but if I need to be that person who tears down each little thought or whatever, then I will because I've had it all. And I just, like we said, feed yourself positive things. If you're struggling with that, know your triggers and get out of there, (laughs) essentially. I love that. Well, where can people find you if they do want to reach out or follow you or connect? So I actually changed my Instagram name. It was at Caitlin K blog, but now it's at Caitlin K Mount. So it's C-A-I-T-L-Y-N and then K-A-Y-E. Perfect. Yay. And please come find me. I would love, love to talk all the things. Well, I love it. I, I really, really am passionate about all that. Yes. No, well, that was why I was excited to have you on the podcast. I know that like, you know, I think that there's so much pressure in the blogging world. And like, again, like I just want to normalize like a lot of people who you would maybe never know struggled with eating disorders or struggle with their body or struggle with comparison and like normalizing this reality from all different jobs, from all different experiences, I just think is so important because I think we tend to feel so isolated or alone in it and we really are not. So I just so appreciate you sharing kind of your experience in that and opening up and hopefully, you know, someone was able to have a little light bulb go on or connect with something that you shared. And I definitely think they did. Well, I also hope, sorry, just a little tangent. If there are other bloggers or people who use their platform for something, I think transparency and just being honest and vulnerable with people is so cool because uh, I mean, everyone says Instagram's a highlight reel. And I think that people appreciate when those barriers are taken down. Like I don't use a filter on my stories because I'm like, here are my blemishes and all. And, or I'll go on and say, Hey, I, I really struggled with this. And I think that's helpful for people to like, we need more of that. And yeah. So if you are wanting to blog or whatever, use your your space to share your story. I think it's a powerful one. Well, I love that. And I think that that is like a great note and an encouraging way to think about it and to end on. And I so appreciate you being here. It was so fun. I have to say it's really full circle because you were the first person that I called before my blog launch. I literally remember calling you being like, I think I'm going to start it, but like, how, what do I do? And you just like rattled off all these tips. And then I started it like that day, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize that. Oh, my gosh. I will never forget that phone call. I was like, this girl is awesome. I'm going to follow all her pages. Like she, oh, my gosh, you were just so, so encouraging. Oh, well, it is full circle. And again, it's that's the cool thing about those types of connections. And again, like social media and recommendate like, you know, people connecting people. It's just like, I love how we can help each other and encourage each other. And I think that that's so fun that that's how we got to meet and look where we are now. 
I know. <laughs> Using the space for good. Social media for good. Social media for good. Well, yay, Kate. I so appreciate it. And I just hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Yes, you too. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast interview. And if you are enjoying the podcast and loving these interviews, please go ahead and rate and review the Worth More podcast wherever you listen. I am always happy to hear y'all's thoughts, suggestions, feedback. So make sure you reach out to me on social media or through my website. I would love to hear you. And I hope you have an amazing day.